Hi gang, thanks for downloading this classic episode of News Fighters. Just a reminder, if you're looking for new original episodes of News Fighters, they're now over on the Irrational Fear podcast feed. So search for Irrational Fear on your podcasting app or go to irrationalfear.com for all new episodes of News Fighters. In the meantime, enjoy this classic News Fighters episode. Sans Pants Radio, Australia's most American podcast network. This is News Fighters. Where we fight the news so you don't have to. With Dylan Behan. Yes, g'day everyone. Welcome to News Fighters for today, the 17th of September, 2021. News Fighters is a debatably humorous look back at the week in news and politics in Australia, presented by me, Dylan Bain, the French submarine of news comedy. Coming up on today's show, my guest is Craig Rucastle, director of the new documentary about money in politics, Big Deal, is our democracy for sale. What normally happens is that the politicians know exactly who is donated to them. They just don't like us to know. That's the, that's the kind of core of our system. So at least 40%, sometimes up to like 60% of donations, uh, you don't know where it actually came from. But first, I had a bad night's sleep on Wednesday after I saw this on the late night news. We begin with breaking news of a major national security announcement expected overnight or very early in the morning after senior cabinet ministers and key federal opposition members were called to a top secret meeting of the National Security Committee in Canberra late this afternoon. The details remain confidential, but is international in nature. We're told the announcement will be led by the White House. And then I was like, is it aliens? Is it COVID-21? Is it World War Three? No, no, no. I got up early Thursday morning and caught the big news on Studio 10. Well, Orlando Bloom has gone paddleboarding again. Oh. But there's something even bigger in the water. <laughs> yes, and then there was an even bigger thing in the water. Nuclear submarines. Good evening. A powerful new military alliance has been formed. AUKUS, Australia, the United Kingdom and United States partnering to counter China's rise in the Pacific. Included in the deal, a fleet of nuclear submarines to be built in Adelaide. I don't know about you, but I certainly hope this doesn't make Adelaide a target for getting bombed like Darwin was in World War II. Imagine if all that's left of Adelaide was a barren, desolate landscape with only the churches still standing. Unimaginable. Or very similar to how it is today. So the UK, the USA and Australia announced a new trilateral security and military pact. Um, sorry, what was it called again? An alliance called AUKUS. 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 The time of the AUKUS has come. Yes, definitely a better acronym than the previous one they had in mind. The Australia Nuclear US Strategic UK Agreement or... Anus sucker. Glad they didn't go with that one. So what will AUKUS do? AUKUS will bring together our sailors, our scientists, and our industries. Yeah, uh, President Biden, I'm not sure you want to be uh, getting scientists and sailors together in the one room. I've seen enough 80s movies to know that's probably just going to end with a lot of wedgieing and daxing. We've all seen it happen before. Scott Morrison, meanwhile, was emphasising the duration of our relationship with the US. A new agreement that I describe as a forever partnership. It is a forever partnership. These types of forever partnerships don't happen overnight. Yeah, be careful, though. I mean, we all think we're in a forever partnership. Then, you know, one day one of them meets a, 
tall-looking guy in a band, then it turns out it wasn't a forever partnership. And what kind of a relationship have you got us into, uh, ScoMo, if the other guy doesn't even remember your name? Thank you, Boris. And I want to thank uh, that fellow down under. Thank you very much, pal. There you go. You're in the friend zone already, ScoMo. Biden's referring to you as his pal. Anyways, yes, so let's get ready for Australian nuclear-powered submarines. Hmm, I wonder what uh, Greens leader Adam Bant's response could possibly be to all this. It's a dangerous decision that will make Australia less safe by putting floating Chernobyls in the heart of our major city. By putting floating Chernobyls in the heart of our major cities. These will be floating Chernobyls in the heart of our major cities. A giant floating Chernobyl? What a waste of money. Why would you do that? It's not even on air anymore. I mean, if you're going to have a giant floating promotion for an HBO show, I'd go for Larry David from Curb Your Enthusiasm. You just have him floating in Sydney Harbour next to the Opera House going, eh, eh. Anyways, yes, negative Nelly Greeny Adam Bant continued on his anti-nuclear submarine rant. And we should be doing everything we can to avoid a nuclear conflict in our region because uh, Australia will suffer. And instead, we are aligning ourselves with a policy of escalation. And the Prime Minister has very clearly said he sees this uh, in Cold War terms. And the Cold War ended up in an arms race that almost uh, ended up in nuclear annihilation. Oh, look, I'm sorry, Adam. I was alive during the Cold War, and we all know the Cold War didn't end with near nuclear annihilation. It ended with David Hasselhoff singing on the Berlin Wall. This is Dustin David Hasselhoff looking for freedom. I've been looking for freedom. Which once again proves the timeless theory of the late great comedian Norm MacDonald that left us this week. Germans love David Hasselhoff. Continuing on, Adam Bant seems to think this is all some vast conspiracy to get nuclear energy into the country. I also do think that it is attempting to gain a beachhead for a nuclear industry in Australia, which we know has been something that the coalition, uh, many people in the coalition have been pushing for for some period of time. What on earth are you talking about, Adam Bant? I don't recall anyone in the coalition pushing for nuclear energy in Australia. Huh. Oh, except these guys. Federal Energy Minister Angus Taylor, meanwhile, says the government's more than willing to consider nuclear power. John Barilaro has long championed the benefits of nuclear power. Yeah, I'm being told that Scott Morrison actually supports nuclear power. It is a cheap, reliable source of energy. National Party is 100% behind this and we hope our coalition partners will follow us. We should start looking at nuclear. Well, then nuclear power is where you're going to have to go. Okay, maybe Adam Bant has a point there. Well, at least having this new alliance with these new nuclear submarines will at least make Australia safer, right? When you do something like this with an action, there is always a reaction. Don't forget, when you acquire weaponry, you also become a target. Yeah, China will view this very much as um, uh, containment and uh, as uh, an Anglosphere ganging up on uh, on China once again. And putting Australia right in the firing line. It's a bold step because clearly the Chinese will view this as... as as provocative, as, and they should. You can expect a furious reaction from China, and if you thought they were angry at us before, well, hold on to your hat. All right, no worries then. I mean, I guess given that we did just get out of our last war a little over a month ago, it is probably time we start prepping for the next one right away. Anyways, moving on from one war we have no chance of winning to another, it's time for the latest... Delta farce. This virus is effectively 
identifying and moving in on the socially disadvantaged. Yes, and it's looking like the New South Wales healthcare system is under strain. The situation in our health system has deteriorated. It is now so stretched there are plans to turn firefighters into paramedics. If you call an ambulance during the peak of Sydney's outbreak, you might get a firefighter instead. Yes, well, potentially uh, bad news if you're having a heart attack or suffering from severe COVID, but uh, great news if you've still got a frisbee stuck up that tree. Bring, your, bring the ladder, fireys. And this week in New South Wales, our Premier finally decided that we can have too much of a bad thing and decided to finally axe her daily press conference, leading to this horrific bit of TV editing from 10 News. Good morning, everybody. 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 Well, that's a nightmare hellscape if I've ever seen one. And speaking of 10 News, they weren't on Gladys's side about this. The Premier slammed for her surprise call to scrap her daily news updates on the COVID crisis. Is it an epic fail in reading the room? No, it turns out Gladys did read the room and all the room was asking about was her ex-lover's ICAC investigation and if she'll be appearing. Is the reason we are going to be seeing you less at the 11am conferences because you have been called to appear Oh, gosh. The ICAC. Oh, look, as I said, uh, I don't have anything to add on that matter. We're asking whether you've been called to give evidence at private hearings. So is that that's a yes, no? Uh, no, as I said, it's inappropriate to comment on any ongoing matters. <coughs> yeah, I wouldn't want to be in that room every day either. The Premier, of course, said that despite axing the daily briefings, she'll still be held accountable, just at the time of her choosing. The Premier now deciding when she needs to be accountable. This is all about making sure that uh, we provide good government to the people of New South Wales and the Premier of the state uh, should front to the people when she needs to to make sure people know when there's a major milestone or a major issue or when I feel I need to be accountable. That's not how it's supposed to work. It's a bit like saying you're only going to go to school on their pupil free days. No, the job is doing your job every day. And then in typical fashion, the Premier backflipped and decided to hold a news conference anyway. The first day, too, or so we'd been told, without a regular 11am news conference, which the Premier marked by holding an 11am news conference. Yes, the Liberals even break their promises when the promise is to literally do nothing. And then they still deny it. Sunday will be the last day we officially do the press conferences in this way. But this morning she was back before the cameras. No, I was always scheduled to do today. Geez, no wonder COVID took over New South Wales. The government literally can't plan their own diary three days ahead without changing their plans and denying they're changing their plans. Meanwhile, in Sydney weather news, to quote Nelly, it's getting hot in here. Our hottest weekend since January has sent thousands to the beaches and the parks across the city. The eastern beaches of Sydney were packed in the west and southwest outdoor community pools remained closed. Yes, but even with the days getting hotter, Gladys insists there's no need to open the pools in Western Sydney. Can you open pools in southwestern Western Sydney? Look, there are very difficult decisions we have to take. There are waterways all across uh, Greater Sydney, all across parts of Sydney. Yeah, kids, there's waterways all across Sydney. Go go swim in that stormwater drain. Surely you've got a gutter nearby. Well, what could go wrong? And, and don't worry if you get stuck up on the roof. You can call an ambulance and the fireys will come and get you down. Also in Western Sydney news... Labor's decision to parachute the former Premier Christina Keneally into a culturally diverse seat in southwestern Sydney is threatening to cause a major split in the party. The move means a young Vietnamese-Australian lawyer who had intended to run 
will be pushed aside. Yes, Labor Senator Christina Keneally wants to move to the House of Representatives and also now to a suburb she's never lived in before because she's the right woman for the job. Christina Keneally, adamant she's the right person to fight for the forgotten communities of Fowler. This is a community I will live in, I will love and I will represent. That's a bit like me saying I'm the right person to be a judge on The Masked Singer and then kicking Danny Minogue off even though I can't sing and I don't know who any of the celebrities are. Actually, that still makes me more qualified than, than Lindsay Lohan. So, so maybe, maybe I could do that. Meanwhile, Labor leader Anthony Albanese is like, well, you can't get more multicultural than Christina Keneally. I mean, she came from America, for goodness sakes. Christina Keneally was born in the United States, came to Australia and is another great Australian success story of a migrant who's come here and became the New South Wales Premier. Yes, it's true. When Christina Keneally arrived in Australia from the exotic, forgotten, never heard of foreign land of... Milwaukee, she didn't even speak the language here. Rumour is she used to call uh, soft drinks sodas and footpath sidewalks. I mean, now look at her. Here is a university-educated white woman who has really overcome adversity. Some others in the Labour Party weren't impressed. Labour MP Anne Ali has slammed her own party. Multiculturalism can't just be a trope that Labour pulls out and parades uh, you know, while wearing a sari and eating some Kung Pao chicken to make ourselves look good. Come on, Anne. Nobody looks good eating Kung Pao chicken. Trust me, I spill it everywhere. It's very messy. It'll go all over your sari. It's very spicy. You can't lick your fingers either. Meanwhile, the other candidate, Tu Lee, a migration lawyer and daughter of Vietnamese immigrants, showed exactly why the Labor Party wasn't interested in her. I fight for social justice, you know, every single day and I'm not even a politician. Oh my God, Ms Lee, it's the Federal Labor Party you're angling for here. If you really wanted to become a Federal Labor MP, it would really help if you put away that social justice nonsense and just became a factional warlord or an embittered numbers man or a lifelong union hack and uh, go, go get some photos in a coal mine. We need you to both sides climate change a little bit. That's how you could make the Labor Party actually want you. Finally, to how is that not corruption news. Former Attorney General Christian Porter is up to his neck in trouble again tonight and he may not survive at this time. He's accepted piles of money from anonymous donors. The update acknowledges donations into a blind trust covering his legal bills when pursuing the ABC for defamation. But in the official update, Mr Porter claims to not even know who sent donations his way, nor the dollar amounts of those donations. Wait a second, that, that doesn't even sound possible. I mean, I run a Wacky Clips news comedy podcast and even I can see the names of all my donors who buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash newsfighters or subscribe to my Patreon at patreon.com slash newsfighters. I'm looking at you, Tom. Thanks, Tom. Even millionaire former PM Malcolm Turnbull had a strong opinion on Christian Porter getting free money from God knows where. This is no better than a person wearing a mask, a hood over their head, walking into Mr Porter's office with a bag of cash 
and saying, here's a donation. Well, if the donor was wearing a mask, then we know it definitely wasn't Tony Abbott. For Tony Abbott, a trip to the beach has cost him $500 thanks to a bystander he's dubbed un-Australian after they snapped the former Prime Minister chatting to a friend without a mask. I believe that I was well within the law, reasonably interpreted, but I'm not going to challenge the fine because I don't want to waste the police's time any further. Yes, Tony Abbott, a man who stayed in Parliament for four years after he lost the job of Prime Minister, says he hates wasting people's time. It's a bit like me saying I uh, was definitely doing 59 in that 60 zone officer, but I'm not going to waste anyone's time by challenging it, even though I know at the end of the day, I'm right. Anyways, in conclusion, I would also like a million dollars, please. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome back to Newsfighters. You know my next guest from The Chaser, Win the Week, The War on Waste, The Checkout, and Balls of Steel Australia. He's directed an upcoming <laughs> documentary uh, with uh, presented by Christian Van Buren called Big Deal Is Our Democracy for Sale? The right to vote is a privilege that I reckon many Aussies take for granted. But are we being taken for granted ourselves? And if we are, what does this mean for our country and for my kids' future? Welcome to Newsfighters, Craig Rucastle. Good to be here, Dylan. Now, Aussies, we're a bit arrogant about our democracy here. We like to think with our compulsory preferential voting and two elected houses of parliament that we probably have the best democracy in the world. Are you telling me our democracy isn't perfect? Yeah, look, we are good on some areas. And there's some things, you know, like our electoral, our electoral commission where you go, we've got some shit right. Mm. Uh, but as we discovered on this kind of doco, we... When it comes to some things, particularly like transparency, we're actually worse than America on some fronts. So it's pretty extraordinary. And we also, like America, have like ridiculously low barriers. So so we, you know, we have no cap on how much money you can donate or who you can donate. We know political parties you can donate it to. Uh, You do have to declare over $14,500, but you can kind of make lots of donations under that. There's lots of ways to get away with it so you don't have to basically declare it. You know, it's kind of like, you know, giving money to Christian Porter for a legal case. There are a lot of ways to get around the rules. (laughs) And that's, yeah, that's a classic example because uh, it's a blind trust or something. No one knows. He doesn't know where the money's come from. And it's actually, it's it's allowed. Well, I don't know if it's allowed. We'll see. But it's the thing with that is it's very different in that what normally happens is that the politicians know exactly who is donated to them. They just don't like us to know. That's the that's the kind of core of our system. So at least 40%, sometimes up to like 60% of donations, are, you don't know where it actually came from. It's not actually declared. So it's a pretty dodgy system in that way. <clears throat> and because we've got no caps on how much can be spent or how much can be donated, it's just a real kind of distortion of the system. So we kind of look into that, but it's, it's done with Christian Van Vuren. He's the host of this, and it's a fun mm-hmm. kind of journey following him looking into this. Um, 
So yeah, it's not it's not like a kind of it's not it's not quite your four corners docker. Now, what prompted you to make it? Did you donate a bunch of money to a political party and didn't get a didn't get anything out of it? What caused you to right. make this? I did, I did, I did. I donated all this money, and I was I was assured I would get a coal mine, and it right. didn't happen. And I was like, this this system is broken. Yes, or a street uh, named yeah, after you or something. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Rucastle Street still isn't out there. Yes. Um, look, I mean, I've always been interested in this topic, and I've kind of beams to looking at but it was quite fortuitous in a way because i've been doing climate change documentaries and obviously when you look at australia's position on climate change you go you know how come we're so bad i think part of that story is money and politics and donations and you know <clears throat> gas companies are big donors coal miners that kind of stuff so i kind of wanted to look at it from that perspective but then i was really lucky because christian and the people from jungle entertainment had been tossing around this idea and I just went away on a kind of brainstorming session um, with them to help with the ideas. And at the end of it, they were like, oh, you should direct this. And as you know, Dylan, a, <laughs> somebody who's edited, you know, our work for years, not a director. <laughs> but, you know, I guess I, it's interesting, you know, it's amazing how much of this turned out to be the same as we've been doing for years, really, you know, writing stuff, sitting in edit suites and, uh, man, the edit suite on this was a hell of a lot longer than anything I've ever sat in with you for. It, it was, was a lot because it's a full, it's two, it's going to be a full length feature doco in cinemas and a two one hours on TV. So it's a full investigation, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's heaps, you know, and it was like months in the edit and uh, it, was, it was great though. Really, it was really interesting to do and really enjoyed it. I was with the great editor, Philippa Rollins, who's done a lot of stuff like Revelation and that, and she, you know, yep. she's experienced enough to kind of uh, help me through it. Big ABC uh, doco editor, yeah, yeah. And what was it like yeah, being exactly. directed? Did you get the chair with your name on it? Were you walking around making a little rectangle with your fingers, working out what shots look good? Was, was, it, exactly. uh, was it like yeah, that? Or, or, or was it just waiting through hours and hours of transcripts and trying to find, <laughs> trying to find quotes like, yeah. like other edits? I mean- the filming part was really fun and getting out there. And we kind of, COVID hit at different times. So we actually kind of, you know, we'd kind of get into Queensland and while we're in Queensland and there's like in the lead up to going to Queensland, it's like this every day people that producers are saying, oh, but what if we don't get in? And we're like, it got to the point you're going, going, look, I can't come up with 20 different scenarios based <laughs> on this border closes and this one doesn't, that one does. Let's just hope. And we got in there and literally while we were there, we were actually filming outside Parliament. The day they said, ah, oh, we're shutting the borders, we're not going to let anyone, you know, any of these New South Welshmen in or Victorians <laughs> in. So we're kind of dodging borders. So we kind of filmed it a lot, a lot of different blocks, but the filming was really fun. And filming with Christian was really great. You know, he's, he's a lot of fun to be here with. Uh, the, yeah, the editing process was a lot of transcripts and a lot of <laughs> battling through complex stories and that. But, uh, you know, look, it was fun in the end. Parts yes. were fun. Given on checkout, we would often spend a whole week cutting a six or seven minute story. I can imagine this would have taken months. <laughs> this is it, man. This is it. Like, who? So I was not warned. And, and tell I mean, me about, it makes sense. Exactly. And tell me about some of the people who got to be in it. I know I, I saw on the trailer, you got, uh, haven't seen the film yet, very looking forward to it. But on the trailer, so you've got uh, Sam Dastiari, hard to believe he was available, and uh, and Malcolm Turnbull, um, who I believe is actually almost a lobbyist himself now. I think he's working for K- KKR, an American private equity firm. Was he Was he anti, all anti? He didn't say that at the time. Yeah, I think that's recent. Well, he was, 
Yeah, yeah. He's well. I think I think technically, probably Sam Dastiari is a lobbyist now, but he was certainly right. pretty frank about the process. Dastiari is an interesting case in point. Yeah, Dastiari. There were a lot of different points to his downfall, and part of it did involve donations from you know Chinese donors, and that's that's the one law that's been kind of tighten a bit is that you can't be have foreign donations but it's interesting how we've gone oh so if you get a donation from a foreigner it must really influence what you're doing right so let's get <laughs> rid of that but we're not going to get rid of any of these other like donations from australian companies that may be trying to influence you in some way as well so we spoke to dastiari and he just kind of lays out how it happens why it happens and it's quite brutal to hear him just talk it through we also spoke to people like jeff mccloy who is the guy you might remember him from ICAC scandals of years ago, who was kind of just driving around and dropping off 10 grand worth of cash from the back of his Bentley to various Liberal Party politicians in the Newcastle area. Yeah. But the amazing part of it is we kind of don't talk to him about that. We talk to him about the things he did that were not really illegal or didn't get in front of ICAC. It involves things like paying 100 grand to have like a lunch with the premier and the ministers you choose and this kind of stuff. It's just amazing to hear that kind of stuff. Like it's, you know, it's just very different to the kind of interactions we would have with the politicians still. So yeah. it's a kind of real privileged access out there. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, politicians who have, I think, business uh, clubs where people pay memberships in the local community yeah. to have access and lunches. I think Joe Hockey got in trouble for this potentially. And it's all, yeah. it's all above board. Hard to believe the people who make the rules, uh, the rules uh, are fine. <laughs> Nothing breaks the rules. Yeah, exactly. Who knew you make the rules so you can't really breach them? And that's the, I mean, it's interesting. Look, there are some politicians who want to tighten this up, but we were wary of the fact of like, if you only part of the message of the film is, oh, the politicians need to fix this and they're the ones that kind of benefit from it. Mm. Are they necessarily going to do it? And we, but, So the kind of end of it, we actually look into some examples of, I guess, grassroots activism or Voices for Indi and kind of uh, the anti-gas protests up in Northern Rivers and that. And, and it's actually fascinating because it's kind, of, it's kind of a really uplifting part of it, just seeing stuff where people have got together and kind of by getting together have actually managed to kind of defeat this kind of big money and it's yeah it's, it's really good a christian got quite emotionally and i was emotional too but i was luckily off camera <laughs> <laughs> uh and so what's the uh what's the scariest thing or the most shocking thing you discovered making this documentary about money and politics you know one of the th- i think it's how it all fits together right so you mm. you think about think about clive palmer chucking in 80 million bucks right mm. and putting it into advertising and one of the things we looked into is, okay, they all go, oh, we need this money to advertise. And so we looked into the advertising too, and there's no restraints on any way of truth on that advertising. So there's no, nothing actually requiring to be truthful. So you can basically you take all this money, you take it from often people we don't know who are giving it, you put it into your advertising. The advertising doesn't have to be true. That's leading to a kind of distortion of democracy in its own sense. Mm. And then it can be, you know, you can have – as we've seen right now with Clive Palmer and Craig Kelly chucking this bullshit around, it's 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 a system with so many flaws in it. I think it's that it's that kind of the overall view of it. Oh, great! So we got all this money distorting the system. It's putting money into ads that's distorting the system. The whole thing is just kind of working the wrong way, and that's obviously undermining our trust, which is then the kind of base problem with our democracy at the moment. 
the America, there was huge. Everyone was up in arms about the super PACs thing there. But we more or less we have the same thing here. Clive Palmer can spend as much money as he wants on oh, whatever, yeah. and his preferences will go to the Liberal Party. And, but and we don't know what he's getting in in return for that, right? Well, it's interesting actually. Turnbull is interesting on that. He said, he said, look, if you have the whole cabinet sitting here, he said, what's the impact of Clive Palmer? He said, if you have the whole cabinet sitting here, they say, oh, there's no impact at all. But if the federal director of the Liberal Party called, um, you know, Scott Morrison or somebody and said, look, remember that guy that spent $80 million in the last election and defeating Labor? Well, now he's going to spend that money to feed you. He'd get his phone calls returned. He'd get, you know, oh, yeah. he's got yeah, that level of influence. Uh, so what's the solution then? The, the Canadian elections next week. Now, when Trudeau came in, he cancelled all union and corporate donations and maximum I think personal donation is $3,000. Is there any hunger here for this yeah. to happen? Look, there is a hunger. And actually, look, there have been some changes. In the States, there's like heaps of changes. So Queensland, we can't, Queensland's got some actually really good rules. So, you know, at the moment at the federal level, you give a donation. You might not find out about it for 12, 18 months later. In Queensland, within seven days, it has to be put up online. They have a register of meetings between lobbyists and ministers and that kind of stuff. So that kind of stuff can be done. If it's been, if it's been done in Queensland, you know, <laughs> it can be done at the federal level, let's be honest here. So you can do that kind of stuff. And, yeah, a lot of the rules that came in Canada are great. Ireland have done similar things. There are some high court cases in Australia that have kind of defeated some of the changes that happened in Canada, but mm. it doesn't mean it can't be done. It just has to be done the right way. You've got to make sure the legislation is really the right thing. So you kind of need both parties to probably do it together. But is there the political appetite for it? I'm sure Labor wouldn't want to stop getting union donations. <laughs> well, it's interesting that. Like, Labor has actually already started declaring any donations above $1,000, even though that's not the rules. Okay. So they're actually going above and beyond what they need to. Interesting. And I, yeah, look, I spoke to politicians who said, look, if you were to get rid of all the corporate money, then we'd get rid of the labour money, you know, the, the union money as well, because if, you know, funding, if it was a properly yeah. funded, public mm. funded. And this is the ridiculous thing is that we did bring in public funding in Australia. So we do publicly fund elections. We just didn't get rid of the other part. <laughs> yeah. So we just it's got a bit of a double there. tip. Yeah, double tip. Yeah, great idea. Um, now, I understand you did have crowdfunding for the film. Now, you weren't worried. None of the donors here who crowdfunded to the film wanted a meeting with you, did they? You weren't worried about any. You don't have any coal companies or, or uh, power no, companies. No, but it's interesting. I, I, look, there was, there was some funding from some philanthropist groups to, for the impact campaign and that and for mm -hmm. a little bit of, I think, maybe for production. Um, I was a bit worried about that because it was like, you know, you know, is that going to be seen to have an influence? Uh, so, I yeah, I just didn't really uh, <laughs> listen to them specifically. But, um, uh, yeah, I, I don't actually know specifically the actual people who donated. There's a little bit of a – is that a, is that a so, blind so trust? It's like a blind trust. Yeah, exactly. It's, like it's perfect. Christian Porter. No, it's But, not, but you didn't get a million dollars. You didn't get a million dollars for your defamation case. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. We, we actually, we're with it other ways that we don't actually, like we weren't required to actually declare them, but we've done the opposite. So we put it all over the website. They're in the credits. Great, great. Now, uh, just finally, you are known, probably best known around the traps for war on waste. Can you pop down the shops anymore without getting accosted by someone about keep cups or recycling cling wrap or anything like that? What's the weirdest, <laughs> what's the weirdest question people have asked you down, down at the shops? I do get like, literally, you know, I'll be out with mates and I go, 
I do just want to ask you about <laughs> milk cartons. <laughs> and I do at the shops get stopped and people go, can this be recycled? So, uh, look, that's good. I don't mind. It's fine. I, I, I hope that most of the time I have the answer, although still still sometimes hard to track that kind of stuff. It's even harder than tracking donations sometimes. I bet, I bet. All right, thanks, Craig. Uh, the, the film is called Big Deal is Our Democracy for Sale. Now, I understand it's in cinemas in some parts of Australia that aren't locked down. Cinemas in some parts. Yep. And, yeah, cinemas in some parts, and then there's some kind of online viewings, community viewings and that. So if you go to makeitabigdeal.org, you can look there with the kinds of ways you can watch it. And, uh, yeah, have a look. Great, great. And on uh, TV later in the year, I believe. Yeah, so it's kind of a slightly different version, not the movie version, but it will be on ABC later in the year. But, you know, get out and watch it now. Brilliant. See it now. All right, thanks for being on the show, Craig Rucastle. Thanks for having me on, right? Alrighty, that's News Fighters for today, the 17th of September, 2021. News Fighters is written, produced, and edited by me, Dylan Bain. For Sans Pants Radio. Don't forget to subscribe to us on YouTube and or your podcasting app of choice. And if you'd like to support the show and get bonus episodes, why not pay to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or join our Patreon at patreon.com slash newsfighters, where you can now find every week's episode commercial free and sometimes released a little bit early. Or you can, of course, as always, buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash Newsfighters. Also, we don't advertise on Facebook, so please sign up for our free Substack newsletter at newsfighters.com. Also, don't forget, we're on Twitter and Instagram at newsfighterspod. Now, before I go, I just wanted to take a moment to pay tribute to Norm MacDonald, who passed away this week. Now, Norm MacDonald, a lot of you younger people probably know him from YouTube stand-up and talk show appearances. But for me, growing up in the 90s, Norm MacDonald was... The king of Weekend Update on Saturday Night Live. The man who proved that the best punchline is always a truthful fact. In fact, he used to have a joke on Weekend Update, the punchline of which was always about Michael Jackson being a pedophile. So, of course, on Tonightly, I also tried to get a joke up where the punchline was Michael Jackson was a pedophile. And then the ABC lawyers pushed back and said, I don't think we're allowed to say that. And I said, no, no. They were saying it on Saturday Night Live 25 years ago every week. And then it went to air. So, thank you for the precedent, Norm MacDonald. Now, here it is, your favourite weekly recurring segment featuring clips of Christopher Pine's podcast, Your Whiff of Pine. And I do it instead of yoga. I think I find it very... Instead of uh, yogurt. Yoga. Oh, yoga. yoga. Yes. I don't like yoga. I don't like yogurt. Yogurt or yoga? I have done... We're talking about yoga? Yeah, yoga. I got chucked out of a yoga class. Really? No, yes, I was too competitive.